This is Catherine Toon, and I just wanted to welcome you to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. I have a really beautiful topic today, and it was, I was kind of preparing for it, and it was ministering to me. <laughs> so I figure if it's going to minister to me, it will minister to you too. Uh, I know I may be unique, but I'm not that unique. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the God who is for his kids. And, you know, as with so many things, uh, this may be a like, duh, if you've been, <laughs> if you're in relationship with God and have had a uh, revelation of this, this may be like, duh. But what I will encourage you to do is linger with it so you can delight with it. Because a lot of times, you know, we know kind of the promises or, you know, the message or all that kind of thing. And we, we kind of get in the, I already know it, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, you know, <laughs> I could do a five-part sermon and I'm sure you could, um, but we're going to relish, we're going to partake, you know, it's like saying, well, God is love. Okay. I don't need to encounter him anymore. I already know God is love. No, you need to encounter the length, depth, breadth, and height of that love. And knowing that love that's rooted and rooted and grounded. So you're filled with the fullness of him. So we're going to partake and enjoy maybe what you already know. And maybe if you don't know it, uh, sometimes we know it in our heads. We have a hard time emotionally connecting with it. And this will help you with that as well. Uh, we need to bathe and bask in the truth and the truth can permeate all the areas where the lie seems like it's true. And, you know, that's part of that mind renewal. It's not stuffing something in there. It's engaging with it. And it's engaging with the anointing and the person who is behind the word, who is the word, as scripture points to him. That word goes deep in our inner person so that we're free. And we're enjoying what God has provided for us as his beloved, adored kids. So we will partake if that's okay with you. And if it's not, I'm sure you'll find something else to do. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, take you to one of my, oh my gosh, I, I, I go back to this chapter over and over and it's like I lick my chops. You know what I mean? It's so good. It's like spreading honey on toast. It's intoxicating in how sweeping it is uh, for um, God's kids. And so this is Romans 8. We're going to read from the Passion Translation. I'm not going to read it verse for verse, but I am going to actually pull out a bunch of verses because we're, we're just soaking, we're basking. We're marinating, we're partaking, we're um, coming in union with, we're engaging, we're interacting uh, with the person who is the word behind the scripture. And that is always transformational. Sorry, I'm just having a little happy spasm. Please feel free to join me. <laughs> And uh, you'll be able to partake and, and experience the fruit of that. It's just good. Oh, my goodness. Okay. 
So let's get started. Uh, we're going to go to verse 1, Romans 8, Passion Translation. It says, so now the case is closed. I love this opener. <laughs> it's like, no more arguments. Nope, we're done. It is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Okay, so this verse I could just spin out and do the happy dance with. I have so much to bring here, but there's no, if you're hearing an accusing voice, it is not God. Okay, because of what's already been accomplished. It's not Jesus, who is the express image of the Father, so it's not the Father and it's not Holy Spirit. Whatever that accusing voice is, you know, somebody says, it means that God is the devil. <laughs> and whatever you define as the devil, any accusing voice is simply not allowed. And this is where I tell people that they need to resist condemnation like they resist sin or sinful behavior because the case has been closed. So we're not reopening the case. We're not finding all sorts of loopholes. <laughs> For the case. It's closed. It is finished. Um, it is finished because you are in life union with Jesus. And so let me just help you with this, just in case you might think that this is the loophole. We do this, right? Yeah, we have the promise, but here's the loophole, right? We find it and then we get into unbelief and then we're miserable and then we beat ourselves. It's just ridiculous. Okay. So we're just not going to go there. <laughs> so the uh, joined in life union with Jesus. So let me just help you here. In case you think that there's a loophole here. Why are you joined in life union with Jesus? Let me help you. <laughs> You're joined in life union with Jesus because he chose you and joined himself to you before the foundation of the world. So let that sink for just a second. We'll, we'll answer the yeah buts in just a little bit. Okay, now where you think you think there there's something more to it, okay? Like, I have to choose him back. He joined you before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1, 4, out of his choice. Out of his choice. You didn't chose, choose me, I chose you. Now, let me just say this. Choosing him is a really important. It's crucial. But that doesn't make the union happen. You choosing him is responding to the fact that he chose you and joined you to himself and before the foundation of the world. He's a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. All this happened before the foundation of the world. And then he walked it out on terra firma in forming himself in the likeness of humanity, uh, human flesh, to secure that so that your old man died with his when he died, was crucified with him and resurrected with him. Okay, this whole concept of union is huge. And I can't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on here, but he, the union is because of him, not because of you. Now, let me just say this. Let me just help you here <laughs> with your choice. Your choice is really important. You experiencing that union, you be, you cooperating with God, all of that is all about your choice. So experiencing that union, the promises because of that union, uh, experiencing those promises, experiencing your sonship, your daughtership, experiencing the freedom, ex being conformed into the image of Christ. You know, I, I, let me just say this. We can fight it. 
We don't have to, but it harms us. I remember I, you know, when I was in, in the ER and I would have like drug users and they were freaking out and they were crashing and I was, we were trying to get, um, to get, uh, you know, like IVs and so that we could actually mm, save their life. Okay. <laughs> that kind of thing. And they would get belligerent and fight you. So, you know, sometimes we do that. We are like the people on crack. We're delusional. We fight love. We fight original design. Okay. That's called stupid. It's called sinful behavior. It's called delusional. And let me just say this. That means you qualify as we all do because we've all been there for salvation. Okay. <laughs> all right. So if you need more on that, go to my YouTube channel, go read my blogs, go buy my books. You can get a ton of information about this union, but it is on the union that he provided and he didn't ask for your vote when he chose you. Now you get a vote with choosing him back, but your union is based on his choice not yours. So you can't screw it up. <laughs> okay. Cause have you ever wondered, like, if I believed in God, am I believing enough? Was there just one, uh, you know, one, one goosebump? Did I remember to confess every single one of my, my sins? You know, if it's, as long as it's depend on you, we're always screwed. We're always in this place of torment. We're always in. Okay. So we're going to settle down and oh my God, let God do his job. Yeah. Okay. So anybody ready to be happy, continue to join me. Verse three. Now, this is actually kind of speaking to that. For God achieved, you achieved, quiz, quiz, God achieved what the law was able to accomplish, not able to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. So guess what? God took your human, your weakness in your human nature as uh, he took that into account. Like you can't handle this. Let me do this for you. I'm going to become one of you <laughs> and do this for you. Okay. Uh, yet God <coughs> sent us a son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn. What do you think? Do you think it's you? Oh, so now the case is closed. So probably not you. What did he condemn? The guilt and power of sin. <laughs> so he's not condemning people. The case has been closed. He's condemning guilt and the power of sin. Let's uh, head down to verse 15. It says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Religious duty is I need to do something in order to get something from God or to make myself worthy of getting something from God or to anything that you have to do to receive from God or be worthy or climb to yet another level of spiritual development is totally bogus. Okay. It says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. As long as it's on you, there's a fear that I'm not good enough. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. What did you get? But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Acceptance is the opposite of rejection, where you felt rejected and maybe projected that on God. That's not God. You've received the, the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. Let me just say, how much of this is your end? 
you see anything in this language about what you had to do. There's nothing here. This is all on God's end. (laughs) I love this so much. It just makes me so happy. So you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. You see, the only way that you can feel orphaned, okay, is if you're operating under a lie, right? And orphans uh, are under, they feel alone. They feel it's all based on them and their performance and they can never rest. They're always wandering from thing to thing to thing, or they can never rest in the one thing that they're doing. For, uh, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father, Abba daddy. Our spirits are not confused. We're confused. Okay. <laughs> but our inner man is not confused because our inner man has already been one is one with God by virtue of God choosing us. <laughs> our minds are messed up. This is why our minds need to choose him back so that we could experience the fullness of what's already in us. Um, that's why God is constantly convincing us of righteousness, convincing, convicting us of righteousness, not sin. For the Holy Spirit, verse 16, makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers in your innermost being, oh my goodness, let him whisper, stay there and let him whisper over and over, you are God's beloved child. You are my beloved child. Okay. Verse 17, and since we are his true children, we're not, this is not saying that there's false kids. This is not saying that somewhere in humanity, there are people in there that are not his kids. That's not what this is saying. We're not saying in and out. I'm in because of, I said a prayer and you're out because you didn't say the prayer. No, we're saying that this is what true children are like. This is what true children, uh, there, we're, we're children based on the fact that we have a father. Okay. And you know what? You don't choose a father. You just have one. Let me just ask you, did you choose your natural father? Like, I'm your child because I chose you. No, you're not just birthed you. It didn't ask your choice, didn't ask your vote, right? You're just their child. Okay. So you're God's child. Now, whether you choose him back or rebel doesn't change the fact that you're his child. It just means you're more delusional in one case and you're, uh, and, and, and you're not experiencing the benefits of the household. But let me just say this. The prodigal son was no less a son because he was prodigal. Okay. The legalistic son was the, the religious son was no less a son because he was religious. Or legalistic. They were ju- both just jacked up. They both needed ministry. They both didn't see their father rightly. Okay. But did their father is- disown any of them because their behavior stunk? No, because it wasn't based on their behavior. It was based on the behavior of a father that's already a father, a good father. Okay. All right. Uh, so, and since we are his true children, we qualify. Okay. So this qualification <laughs> is based on you being his kid, which was his choice, not yours. 
Now, you agreeing with being his kid, you're able to experience that, but that's not what qualifies you. We qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Let me ask you, did the prodigal son, did he get his inheritance? Yes. Did the legalistic religious son get his inheritance? Yes. They were qualified to receive all they have based on what the father had, who the father was, and the father's choice, not their good behavior. Ding, da, ding, ding. Okay. Verse 28. So we're skipping down a bit. So we are convinced. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. I just had a little happy spasm. Feel free to join in. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. Okay, so even, oh my God, isn't this just amazing? You might just have to settle down and fall in love with this God who's in love with you. Because I want you to think of your stinkiest moments, like really like repulsive, evil, blah, 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 right? Blah, moments. Okay. You're, you're, when you behaved in the most, I talk behaved, not were, behaved in the most worthless, repulsive, uh, kind of worthy of condemnation, you know, if, if, if that were a thing, that moment. Okay. So he takes that to weave it in your life for good. Now, I mean, how miraculous is God? Like how that is so miraculous. How kind. How, I mean, as sweeping is he that he's able to make that work out for good? The, the, the times when you disowned him, when you gave him the flying finger, right? When you betrayed him and, I, you know, whatever the sticky, you know, when you're just in unbelief, right? Uh, when, when he said, do this, said you did the exact opposite. When you disobeyed him, okay? All of that, he's able to even make that loop it around to make it work for good. I mean, it is just so breathtaking. How masterful is God? I, I'm, I am blown away by the masterfulness of God. Love never fails. Okay, let's keep on going. <laughs> For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. Now, let me ask you, when you're acting unlovely, does that mean he can't do that? No, that's when we need a savior the most. Okay. And we were created in the image and likeness of love. So our true design is a lover. That's our true original design. So because he knows us, even when we don't know ourselves, he's able to weave that in for good. It's just mind blowing. Okay. Verse 29, for he knew all about us. You know what? All that stinky stuff that you like repulsive, evil, unworthy, all the behavior that we do, this sinful behavior that is really horrible. We do horrible things to each other's humanity, right? Well, he knew about that. And yet he still chose you before the foundation of the world. Your behavior is not the qualifying factor. Now, is it important? Yeah. Sin will eat your lunch. The sinful behavior, it destroys, it kills. It really does. Not because God is punishing you, but because intrinsic to it is death. And that's why we need a savior. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us. Okay. What's my destiny? He destined us. I'm sorry. I'm just so happy. to doing a little happy dance right here. From the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This is conformity into the image of 
Christ to the image of Jesus, the altogether lovely one, the one who is holy. Guess what? You're holy because as he is, so are we in this world. He is holy. He is whole. He's integrous. That's who you are. And you're being conformed all the time into that image. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Now, who you are is just like him right now. The manifestation of that, oh, I think that's in that, actually in that chapter, I'm not quoting it because I just didn't want to read every single word of the chapter, <laughs> but the manifestation, the unveiling of the sons of God, that's an unveiling. That means the who you are really comes forth. It comes out in the seen realm. Verse 30, having determined our destiny, so ding, 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 ding. Let me just ask you, let me just quick quiz. Uh, well, let me say, having determined our destiny ahead of time. So quick quiz. Okay. So when was your destiny determined? Oh, ahead of time, before the foundation of the world. Okay. That's Ephesians 2.10, that you were his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus to do the good works, which he prearranged and made ready for you to live in. Okay. All right. That's, that's that. And your destiny is ultimately being conformed into the image of Christ, right? You look just like love in your flavor. Oh my goodness, get down with your bad self. And uh, he called us to himself. Okay, so which part of this is you? Which part of this is you and your choice? <laughs> There's no language at all about you and your choice anywhere in there. And if you actually read others, this is paralleled a lot in the book of Ephesians. Nothing about your choice your will. Now, now, by all means, choose because you're cooperating, right? You know what? You can fight all the way and, um, and, and screw up your life and this destiny will still be fulfilled. Okay. But it'll be hard. There'll be death. There'll be pain. There'll be brokenness. Um, uh, all of that. And so, so I'm saying just yield to the process. Okay. Uh, but if you, if you don't, if you want to fight it, okay. Um, good luck with that. And when you get exhausted and your life sucks, you may want to turn around to the one who loved you and gave himself up for you. Okay. But none of this stuff about your destiny, all that kind of stuff is based on you, which is really good. Why? Because we would probably screw it up. <laughs> he knows the weakness of our frame. Okay. Let's keep on going. He called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. Now, sometimes people say, okay, so the loophole is this. We're constantly looking for the loophole. Like, it can't be that good, right? So the loophole, well, he didn't call. Like, he called some people and didn't call others. That sounds like a good daddy. How would you like it in your family if, you know, um, if you were if you were the child he called and your brothers and sisters weren't the children he called uh, or... They were the children that he called and you weren't the ones. Okay, that's called an abuser demonic daddy. Um, I don't care how you slice that. That's evil. That is evil. And it's interesting, the people that kind of subscribe to that, um, are it's never them that are not called. It's really it's someone else. Uh, that's just such a demonic uh, thing. Um, but that's a whole different topic. But it does come up. It does intersect here, put it that way. He called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called, not to everyone that called upon him. <laughs> Once again, his work hit, right? Not ours. He died for the sins of the entire world. Okay. 
so much about that. But anyway, that's a whole nother teaching, but it, it, it intersects here. And those who possesses perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. So that glory, this is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it's been, it's like you've already been co-glorified, but that glory, glory in you is being unveiled within you. That's the working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why is there fear and trembling? Because it's so holy. It's so reverential. Verse 31. I'm sorry. This is making me so happy. I can barely stand it. I, I can, I'm, I'm trying to stay sitting in my seat and not hopping up and down. Verse 31. So what does all this mean? So yay, we get a summary because God knows we need to get it in there because we have so much religious teaching, the in and out, the included, the excluded. And so if you're excluded, you're condemned. And then, you know, oh my gosh. And then if you're included, you're not really sure if you can screw it up. So you're trying to hold on to it. It's like, okay, whatever. That's just no way to live. So what does this all mean? If God is determined to stand with us, Tell me who could ever stand against us, right? Who's the accusing? What accuser can stand saying, yeah, you're, you're, you're condemned. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else. He has to give. He that spared not his only son, how shall he not with him give us all things? Paul is asking, how is that possible? If, if if Jesus came, if the father said, okay, you know, son, you go. If Holy Spirit said, you know, the, the one I adore, I we relate there, you know, they were, they were in Christ. Okay. While he was being crucified, this wasn't um, one member of the Godhead beating the pulp out of another member of the Godhead. It just, um, it's, it's God offering himself for his kids. Okay. Okay. So verse 33, who would dare, ooh, strong language. Who would dare accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? So listen, when we accuse one another, we're really daring. It's like, ooh, ooh, accusation is actually, you know, the devil's called the accuser of the brethren. And let me just say this, we, you know, we, want to want, we don't want to be a part of that, but let's be very clear. We have brothers and sisters who've not called on the name of Christ yet, but they're still our brothers and sisters. So let, let's be, let's be careful. Okay. We don't want to be party. We don't want to party with that evil, evil, evil spirit. We don't know what spirit we're of. We're of that legalistic pointing the finger. I'm in, you're out, or I condemn myself. We don't have the right to do that either. Okay. Okay. Who would dare accuse them whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them not guilty. So when we say guilty, 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 and he says not guilty, you know, we are parting ourselves against God. That's an antichrist theme. Not to condemn you in it, but don't be a party to it. Sometimes we need to wake up and we think we're being godly when we do that, when we're actually partnering with the enemy. So verse 34, who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly 
condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph. Jesus is continually praying for our triumph. And there's not a kid he leaves out of his prayers. There's not the ones that are in, I pray for these, and then I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm condemning those. All his kids. As, you know what? The ones that are wandering off and wor- worshiping false gods or whatever they're doing in delusion, whatever we're doing in delusion, that needs prayer more than anything. All right. Any place where we're sick, the physician comes to heal for the sick, not for the healthy, because he's already got the healthier healthy. Okay. This is a healing issue. Okay. Verse 35. Who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed ones? Okay, so we're talking about covenant. We're talking about union. We're talking about oneness. And since it's God and the church, it's Christ and the bride. It's it's the father and the sons and daughters of God. It's Christ and the friends of God. How could we be divorced? It would be a divorce, okay? Absolutely no one. This is really good news because you can't screw this up. (laughs) You can refuse to cooperate with it. That's called foolish and delusional. And it will yield all sorts of havoc, death, and destruction. But it doesn't change the truth of his choice for you. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Love never fails, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Verse 38, so now I live with the confidence. This is about your confidence that you can rest in him. Every time I look at me, I can start to wander and get confused and think I messed up and get condemned and, uh, you know, and feel inadequate and feel insecure and blah, 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 okay, get all that or get prideful. Okay. But if I'm looking at him and, and he's looking at me, that when I'm understanding me through his gaze, I'm seeing myself rightly. And I'm seeing myself secure. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death. Don't you love that? Over death. Life's troubles. Fallen angels or dark rulers. Well, there might be some like sinful, still messed up with that, right? In the heavens, there's nothing in our present or future circumstance that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavish, not a little dab baby, but lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, who, by the way, is love himself. (laughs) We are one with love. We are one with love and love proves it. Love sacrifices for it. Love lays down himself for that reality for you. And that's the encounter that you need that is specifically for me 
And it's also for the entire world so that no one's excluded. No one is beyond the parameters of love. Anything else is a delusion. And, and let's just be very clear. As humanity, we operate in a lot of delusion, okay? That is why we need a savior that dives into the pits of our hell uh, to raise us up and stays with us in our hell to convince us of what is eternally truth so that we can turn, partake, believe, um, operate in union with that and have relationship and fellowship restored, right? With God and one another. Jesus prayed that we would be one, even as he and the Father were one, him and us and us and him, that we would be together in one. How how effective do you think God is, right? I, we, we get so enamored by the sin and the hell we see around us. And we get so honestly overly fond of hellish doctrines that preach separation, that pre- preach delay, that elevate our choice above God's choice. Now, we do need to choose. I, I don't want us to be confused, but I, maybe I need to say it again. In order to partake of that and to be unveiled in our, we need to, uh, to, to choose to cooperate. But there are parts of us, you know, that where we really do fight God, where we do our, despite ourselves, sometimes on purpose, <laughs> uh, and sometimes despite ourselves. And so, which means we need God to help us where we can't help ourselves. God understands human weakness, whether it's unbelief or whether it's rebellion or whether it's delusion or whether it's uh, separation, he, you know, addictions, compulsions. He understands it. <laughs> and he already took that into account when he chose us in love, joined us to himself before the foundation of the world because you were so precious. He had to secure you. And every single human being is so precious. He had to secure them. So, you know, I know this bleeds into doctrines of hell and what if you don't choose before you die and all this kind of stuff. That's a whole nother topic. And, um, you know, and, 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 it's a worthy topic, okay? But I want you to enjoy where you are right now in this place of his choice and let that minister to you because it's going to be from that place where you are experiencing what it is to be a son and daughter who's approved. You're not the black sheet of the family. You're not, wait, you know, you're not head hung down and full of shame and condemnation. It's not allowed because it's closed. But you're experiencing that's from that place where you can make your greatest impact in drawing people who don't know Christ to Christ or drawing people who know Christ in certain areas, but other areas they don't know him. Because let's face it, there are areas of us that we don't know Christ that are fallen, broken. A lot of times we don't even know where they are because we don't know what we're blind to. We're blind to our blindness. And, you know, it's part, it's God's job. You know, he's the author and finisher of faith. He started it. He gets to finish it. He's the one conforming humanity into his image. I personally believe that this can happen after death. I could be wrong, so I don't want to argue about it. But, you know, if God is in hell, if he's making his bed in the, if you make your bed in the midst of hell, even, you know, even you're, he's there. Well, he's not sitting there just enjoying the show, watching popcorn while his kids uh, fry with eternal conscious torment. Okay. Um, there's something about that. That's a positive redemptive thing 
that, and I've talked about this another time, so I don't want to get off on this topic, but I'm saying you have, if he's there and how, what, right where were you are at? And even with the hellish things you're experiencing, he is there and he's redeeming and drawing all things to himself. How masterful is God? God's already, God's already, love's already conquered death. I mean, it's amazing. So what is there? Who can lay any charge to God's elect? You, he, you're elect by his election for you. He is the elector and the elected one because he joined himself with humanity. So the thing is rigged for God's kids. It's pretty breathtaking, pretty amazing. You might, you might just have to fall in love with this God. You might just have to worship him. It's okay. Worship is just adoration and just be grateful. And then also have, have him open your eyes for the rest of humanity. That doesn't look like they're cooperating, right? So what does that mean? How does God feel about that? What is he doing in them, through them? What is he doing in the places that maybe are acting like running away from God or resisting God or, you know, I, I, I don't want to resist, but the thing I do, I don't want to do that thing. Okay. God has an answer for that too. He's got it all wrapped up. Oh my goodness. He's so capable and he so adores you. Let love lead you. Let love minister to you. You are a son. You are a daughter. Everything is complete in him and you get everything. It is so amazing. But the biggest thing we get is him because it's all on him anyway. I hope this has been a blessing for you today. If you feel free to go to my uh, website and I've got lots of um, other YouTube videos, etc., extensively talking about union, talking about these issues. Uh, they're worthy issues uh, to do. I also have blogs uh, that talk about these issues, you know, help grapple with these things. It's so good for you. And just rest in the fact that you won't be able to figure it all out. It's okay. It's not based on your ability to figure it out, but you can rest in love. Yeah. Anyway, love you guys. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.